Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. Uh, Sometimes it feels like we teeter-totter in life, right? Do you guys remember the teeter-totter at school? Right? I think those are like illegal now. I mean, they've made so many rides and things that we used to do as kids illegal. I mean, I remember going down the slide, right? The, the metal slide. I mean, and we live in Miami. Who came up with that concept? I mean, that guy, jeesh. It was like, you're getting a free suntan on the way down. It's like, ah, right? But I remember the teeter-totter, right? And you would just go, you know, with somebody, and it was up and down. And there was always that one big kid that would always want to, like, try to launch you off the front and, you know, try to just make you go sailing. And sometimes in life, it feels like we're in a teeter-totter, doesn't it? We're just at the whims of whoever, whatever big bullies on the other end, and we're just, whoa, flopping up and down everywhere. Why? Because the world is like full of ups and downs, twos and fro's. And we really feel sometimes, and it just seems that way, like we have no say in the direction. A couple years ago, we took our kids to Legoland. I think it was for Elijah's 10th birthday. Uh, so this was, this was like two, three years ago. And we took him to Legoland because my kids love Legos. And um, we, we, we went to Legoland and there was this roller coaster ride that was a roller coaster ride meets virtual reality, okay? And it was a pretty cool ride, a neat concept, right? The idea was great, and you put on these these virtual reality goggles, and then you get into the roller coaster. Actually, you get into the roller coaster, then put on the goggles. I'm putting the you know cart before the horse here, but you get into the roller coaster, you strap yourself in, then you put on the goggles, and you go around a real roller coaster, but they simulate this whole thing with Legos and, and the roller coaster crashing around you and all this stuff, and you're jolting and you're turning, and you get to follow the ride because as in the video you're watching, they turn, the ride turns, right? As it dips, you're dipping. Well, mine was not working. Mine was lagging. So I'm anticipating a turn and there's a drop coming. I'm anticipating a drop and it's a turn and it's just, I'm wrecking my back. I'm, I'm just like, what in the world is going on? And then it just completely shuts down. And it's like, I'm going, what in the world? And you can't take these things off. That's the problem with it. They're like strapped to your head within the gear of the machine. It was horrible. And I had no way of knowing what was coming next. My back hated me after that ride. And it seems like life is that ride, right? We're watching this thing and we're like, oh, you know what? My life is going to be Little House on the Prairie. I'm so excited. You know, I've trusted Jesus. 
My kids are going to start making their own clothes. I'm going to start growing my own vegetables in the backyard and everything's going to be amazing, right? And then it turns out our life is more like the movie Aliens. Some of you guys didn't get that reference. Yes, I'm a heathen, I realize that. But that's, that's kind of what happens in life, right? Or at least it seems that way to us. But, but the truth is, is, as we will see today, we walk by faith and not by sight. And we're going to take a look at what Paul is letting us know as we get into that idea of walking by faith and not by sight. But I love this quote from Martin Luther King Jr., He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the rest of the staircase. And that's really what we're called to do as we walk with Christ and in Christ in this journey we call faith, right? Amen? Can we all get behind that? Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And that's going to be our main text today, although we're going to be jumping around a lot. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. Paul writes, Therefore, being always of good courage... And knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be present at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have our, as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And actually, that word bad is a poor translation, I will say that. That word is uh, phallos, not what would be like kaka, okay? And it means worthless. Whether we do worthless things or we do good things in life. This life is a walk. It's a choice. That's that's what Paul lets us know right away that we are walking by choice. Right? We make decisions every day, don't we? I mean, some of us, it's getting harder to make the decision to wake up. But we make decisions every day to get up and go, to walk out the door, to, to make the journey towards school, towards, towards work. Whatever it may be, we're making the decision to walk. And, and, and every day we have the decision for believers to choose the way of the maker or steps of flesh. That's really is as simple as it is. We're on Two paths at every moment to choose. When I step foot outside, am I going to step foot outside in the way of the Maker, in the way of Christ? Do I choose to follow Him, or am I choosing to follow my flesh? 
self, the world. Life is a walk, it's a choice. Paul right away in verse 6 says, even though, he says, our walk is an unknown, an undefined journey. I mean, you guys don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, do you? Do we? Does anybody here know what's going to happen tomorrow? No. No, or today, exactly, right? We, we don't know what exactly is going to happen to us as we pull out of the church. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. When, when that circle first got installed, that roundabout in front of the Seventh-day guys over there, I remember seeing people from our own church going around it, doing their yield, and then going around it, and somebody that has no clue what they're doing on a roundabout just plowing into them, T-boning them. I saw it. I bet you the person sitting in the church was thinking to themselves as they were sitting there, you know what, I'm going to get hit by a car today. No. Why? Because we don't know minute by minute, but it's a choice in life. Whether what is thrown at us or not, in the, in the virtual reality goggles that we're in and we're saying, I have no clue what's going on, am I going to live for Christ or am I going to live for myself? It's an unknown, undefined journey. But Paul says, guess what? Paul lets us know in this passage, he says, we know our destination and we know our goal. So even though there's a lot of unseen in life, we still have things that we hold on to that make the journey a lot less burdensome, right? Because our goal is Christ. If I'm here, I'm going to live my life for Christ, following Christ, making His decisions, and then my final destination, because I believed in Christ, is heaven. So really there is this known factor in life, even though life is a journey, right? He says in, in this right here, he says, hey, guess what? We have Edo, okay? There's this knowledge. It's not the word nosco. It's, it's a word of knowledge, meaning I behold, I know this. We have this defined awareness in life. So even though we don't know the turns, we have the right course. We're set on the right path, which is Jesus. Our destination is heaven, and our earthly goal is Christ. I heard that when you go to the Grand Canyon, oftentimes a person has to, they, they travel these little narrow ledges if they're going to descend or go, you know, ascend back up. And there's only enough room on those little narrow paths for like a mule or somebody to walk, right, themselves. And that if you do not know what you're doing, they tell you actually don't even touch the reins of the mule, okay? They tell you, don't, don't touch it because they're afraid that if you grab and you turn the mule, you may actually cause it to walk off the edge. And obviously, you would fall off the edge as well. Be 
Because the mule actually knows exactly what it's doing at all times. It's done that passage probably a hundred times a day. Even though you have no clue what you're doing and you're looking down at this drop hanging off the side of that mule, right? And it is a scary thing. But you're sitting back an animal that knows exactly what it's doing. In life, in some of the circumstance that we're going through, we tend to do the exact same thing in life. We, we, we don't fully hand over the reins to Jesus, even though he knows what he's doing, right? Paul says, hey, listen, if I'm going to live on earth, I'm going to live for Jesus, walking with Jesus in my faith, so I resemble Jesus to people. But if I die, oh my gosh, how much greater gain because I'm going to stand face to face with the one I've been trying to emulate. But in life, what, what we do is we get nervous, right? Jesus, you don't know where you're going, so I'm going to grab the reins just for a little while. And that's when we fall. Jesus, you don't really quite understand my financial situation, so let me hold the reins just for a little while. And then we make things worse. Jesus, you don't understand the work situation I'm going through, so let me hold the reins a little while and we take the tumble, don't we? And we forget these words that Jesus tells us that we need to just hold on to of I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's this idea of never falling or, or, or the idea that Jesus gives us in John chapter 10 when he tells us that he holds us in his hands and we'll never be snatched out of them. So you'll never fall off the precipice, right? And we're holding on to this bridle on the neck of faith. And it's to commit our way to the Lord. Trying to walk by faith and not by sight. Paul says here, if I am alive in the, my flesh, my soul is, is separated from God, my Savior. If I die, I will not see death, but I'm going to stand in, in the face of my Savior. I'm not going to taste any type of separation. I'm going to stand in the face of my Savior. I'm going to enjoy eternity forever. Amen? Isn't that a great thought? Guys, we're never separated from Jesus when we put our trust in Him. He walks with us through life, and then when we physically die, we are with Him in His presence face to face. So either way, if I die, I'm with him. And if I'm living here, I'm trying to live for him. My life here is dedicated to him. And even though I can't see and I, I don't know what I'm doing all the time, I know where I'm going. Amen? Amen. I want you guys to really just think about the excitement of Christmas morning real quick. I love Christmas. Don't you guys love Christmas? I already took out my Harry Connick CDs. <laughs> I know we're not even in October. 
But I took out all the Harry for the holidays and when my heart finds Christmas, my Bing Crosby's already in the car and everything. I'm excited. I love Christmas. I want you to think of all the anticipation and excitement of, of when you were a kid waking up Christmas morning and running to the tree and seeing all those wrapped presents. How beautiful that was. And you knew you couldn't really just start plowing into them, right? You had to wait for mom and dad. You had to wait for all the different things that you're about to do, right? And then, that's nothing compared to what Paul is telling us here. Multiply that by a hundred. And this is the joy and hope that we have in Jesus of the resurrection. Because when you trust Jesus as your Savior, death is not the end. It's the beginning of life in heaven. And that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.8, we are of good courage or good cheer. I say and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be present at home with the Lord. He's like, man, I can't wait until I unwrap and I go to heaven. Oh, what a day that's going to be. When you breathe your last breath on earth, man, you come up and it's like, man, this is what I've been missing. So this life is now just a drop in the bucket compared to eternity is really what Paul is letting us know in this. This life will be a distant memory compared to what we will experience when we have eternity in our grasp, when we are there, right? And even though we are here right now, Jesus already says we have eternal life. You know, when, when I share John 6.47, you know, when I share the Gospel, and it says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Jesus specifically said that in the present tense indicative. And I, you know, for those of you that are grammar Nazis and, and grammatarians and, and, and Greek scholars out there, you know what I'm talking about when I say that. It means that you have it right now. It's in your grasp. Eternity is yours right now because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Why? Because your name is already written in the Lamb's book of life. He already bought and paid for every sin that you've ever committed and ever will. He died and he rose again for them. And so when you said, hey, guess what? I believe Jesus died for me. He's my Savior. You received, past tense, eternal life. And it's yours, present tense. So you guys aren't waiting till you die to have eternal life. It's already yours. It's in your grasp. It's already, you own it. You're just waiting to experience it. And that's the hope that we have here. That's the hope that we hold on to. That's why Paul says we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 7. Because the temptation of life is to get lost in the runaround, isn't it? The temptation in life is to try to anticipate and, and, and absorb the different roles that are happening, right? The anticipation in life 
is, is to try to absorb as much as you can and keep up with the fast pace of keeping up with the Joneses. But Paul says our eternal goals are more important than our temporary physical goals. Your walk in faith is your walk in love with Jesus. How's your walk in love going? 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. Peter says this, he says, "In this you greatly rejoice even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials." In other words, you are wearing those virtual reality goggles and they're glitching and you're hitting yourself being tossed and turned up and down and you're anticipating wrongly. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Peter's saying is, hey, guess what? You're going through all this. You're experiencing all this in life. But you know what? If you keep on walking by faith and growing in your faith, guess what? Jesus is going to praise you when you stand before him for going through the journey. Holding on fast to him. And though you have not seen him, we walk by faith, not by sight. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. Let me ask you, everybody here, and let's just, real quick, let's, let's strip away all the falseness and let's just get what I like to call soul naked. I just want you to be honest with yourself as we're sitting here. Do you have eternal goals? You know, we list goals for ourselves every day, don't we? We... we you know, how many of you, real quick, and, and don't embarrass yourself, don't start spouting things off. How many of you are a list person? Raise your hand. I can't raise my hand. I am not a list person. You can ask my wife. I am not a list person. I can't stand lists. They drive me crazy. I'm not a list person. I'm a fly by the seat of my pants person. Yeah, see? There's a few of us in here. Let me ask you, is part of those lists that you are making daily, is part of the list something eternal? Do you have goals for heaven that you're setting right now? Goals of maybe how many people that you lead to the Lord in life. Goals of how much you give to the Lord in His ministry. Goals of... How many people are what type of ministry that you're going to serve in? Or goals that the Bible says people 
that do certain things will get a crown of righteousness. You, you are like, you know what, I'm dead set on getting a crown of righteousness. I want that. When I get to heaven, I want Jesus to, to give me a crown of righteousness, and then I'm going to take it off, and I'm going to throw it back at his feet and say, Jesus, I just did what you asked of me. You know, that's what the Bible says we'll do with those crowns. When we get to heaven, we're going to get crowns, and then we're going to take them off and throw them back at the feet of Jesus. Because he's the one worthy of the crowns, not us, right? Amen? But it's actually a good thing to be working towards something. And Jesus says, hey, work towards this crown of righteousness. Paul tells us we should, right? In fact, he says, guess what? I'm winning my prize and laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. He's, he's saying it. He's like claiming it. So it's not a bad thing. Or maybe you want the incorruptible crown or the crown of rejoicing. Right? Or the crown of life. The crown of glory. There's a lot of crowns. Or do you have the goal in life to reign with Jesus when He sets His millennial kingdom up? Wouldn't that be amazing? The Bible says that when, when the King returns, He's going to pull His servants aside and He's going to say, hey, guess what? You did right. And now, guess what? I'm leaving you in charge of these cities. Oh, what the idea of that. How amazing that is to stand shoulder to shoulder with Jesus and rule and reign with Him. Or the Bible says also that if you, if you live right by your faith here on earth, that you will grow close to Him in heaven. You'll have a close, in-depth relationship with Him in heaven. So what are your eternal goals? Are those goals that you are trying to set? Are those things that you want to obtain? Yeah, right? I mean, as I'm reading those, I'm seeing you guys get this euphoric look on your face like, oh, wow, that's exciting. And, and it is exciting. You should want those things, right? I mean, Jesus says, hey, listen, if you want to be great in the kingdom, he talks about greatness in the kingdom and wanting to be great. That's good. We should want to be great in the things we do. He says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to serve the least. So what are your eternal goals? Walking by faith and not by sight is walking and living not blind to what is happening. We're not living blind to what's happening. It's being focused on Jesus. That's what it is. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. You are focused on Him. Matthew 6, 19-21, Jesus said this in, in, in another way, trying to help us focus on Him. Matthew 6, 19-21, He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't put value on things that don't last. Stop deceiving yourself with things that do not have a shelf life. 
of eternity. Stop getting distracted by temporal things in this world. Set eternal goals for your life. We care more about, at our death, about how we walked with God. And on what we did that made an eternal difference than anything else. I can assure you, I've, I've stood next to so many people and I've held their hand as they breathe their last, and none of their last words have to do anything about their 401k. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 15, 16 says, Therefore be careful of how you walk. Not as an unwise man, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Paul says, use your time on earth wisely. Cash in the opportunities to walk with Jesus, to choose the right path. Why? Because life is fleeting. Our life is a vapor. What is 70, 80, even 90 years compared to eternity? Because life is feeding, tomorrow we could be face to face with Jesus. And that's what Paul said, right? So if tomorrow I could potentially stand face to face with Jesus, I choose to walk with him now. That's why Paul writes the second half of the passage in 2 Corinthians 5. Take a look, verses 9 and 10. Let's go back. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 9 and 10. He says, Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for their deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We need to cash in the time we have on earth for His glory. Because when we die as believers, we will immediately be with Him and give an account. But it's not an account of sin, is it? Because the Bible says our sin was dealt with on the cross. We already hold eternity in our hand, even though we're not experiencing it right now. What we are going up to is to see whether we are living good or worthless in our actions, in our thoughts, in what we say and what we do, in the choices we make as we walk by faith. You see, your walk of faith, our walk of faithfulness, will be looked at. Why? Because it is about faithfulness, brothers and sisters. It's not about faithfulness for salvation, because like I said, you own it. You already have it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to read it in the uh, King James, because I, I like the New King James version a little bit better than the NASB in this. It says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. You guys have a mystery right now. You guys have all the mysteries revealed about Jesus 
You guys have all the mysteries of eternal life. You have everything in your hands right here in the Bible. And Paul says, hey man, we hold on to those and, and we know them, we experience them, we talk them, we teach them. In verse 2 he says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It says our goal is to be faithful, meaning stick to right? No matter how many times Satan and sin knocks you down, get up and try again. That's what Jesus said. Take up your cross daily and follow Him in Luke 9.23. We are to keep on going. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't say, you know what? I want you to be extremely successful. I want you to lead 100,000 people to Christ. You need to lead everybody that you share Christ with to Christ. That's not what it says. Right? What it says is to be faithful. You know what that means? Is you get told no a hundred times and that with that 101 person, you go ahead and continue to share Christ. That's what it means to be faithful. Jesus wants those that follow him to be faithful. Verse 10 calls us to walk faithful, not for salvation, but for the reward of knowing him. Faithful to Him. Faithful to His Word. Faithful to His work. Faithful to serve. Faithful to help. Faithful to share. Faithful to leave that track as you, you know, have the waiter go by and you're leaving your tip, right? Faithful to encourage. Faithful to fellowship and, and join together, right? Faithful to give. Faithful to walk by faith. Let's put it this way. What drives you to do something? What drives you to do the things that you do in life? If you lost it all, will you still keep going? If, if and I, I pray this doesn't happen, but if you went home and there was an electrical fire and, and there was nothing, would you just give up? Hopefully not, because you have more than just those things that were inside that house. Right? You have eternity. And you have the people around you that matter. A few years ago, I heard an interesting interview on, on uh, Sports Talk Radio. I do listen to Sports Talk Radio, okay? It drives my wife crazy. She gets in the car and she's like, why are you listening to that? And I'm like, oh, well, I like listening. <laughs> So I listened to Sports Talk Radio. I was listening to, like, I think back then it was 790. Now they don't have that. It was, it's 560 only. Um, but they were interviewing the football player Rob Conrad. Do you guys remember Rob Conrad? He played for the Miami Dolphins. And he had fallen out of his fishing boat while he was adjusting some rigging. Um, he was basically going and, and adjusting some of the rigging, and he got knocked over while the boat was on autopilot. And it just left him. It just kept on going. He, he tried to swim to keep up, but the boat drop, drop, drove off, basically, as he sat in the water about nine miles from the shoreline in the middle of the heat of the day. 
For the next 16 hours, he said that he fought against the current cramps and exhaustion to get to the shore and live. And two times he saw salvation in a fishing boat that came within two football fields of him, but couldn't hear him screaming for help. In the middle of the night, he said he saw actually the, the, the Coast Guard chopper fly over him, and he thought he was going to be rescued, but it couldn't see him and kept on going. Finally, at 5 a.m., he was completely dehydrated and suffering from hypothermia. He was exhausted. He walked on shore and fell down at somebody's door. In the interview, he was asked, how in the world were you able to keep on going and not quit? Not even an athlete in their best peak condition can make under, under all those hours, baking in the sun and, and the lack of water, the dehydration, you know, you're sitting in salt water. That's just depleting you of whatever you have in you anyway. You're struggling just to stay afloat, right? They said, how did you make it? And this was his answer. He said, I know I'm a blessed man and shouldn't be here. The thing that kept me going was my family. Every time my survival uh, and fatigue, every time my muscles and thirst distracted me, I thought of my girls growing up without their daddy and my wife doing it on her own. He said, my family is what kept me alive. You see, what we value shows itself in what we live for, right? Right? His money, his cars, his house, his business, his 401k, his investments, his popularity, how many touchdowns he had, none of that mattered when he's sitting there in the water struggling for life. He didn't say, oh my gosh, I wish I could have scored one more touchdown for the Miami Dolphins before I died. He didn't say, I kept on going because I wanted to make more money before I died. He didn't say, I wanted to take one more spin in my Porsche before I passed away, before I drowned to death. No, what did his mind go to? The things that matter, which is people. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 18. It tells us, but having the same spirit of faith, according to what was written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Knowing that He who has raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, also with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart even in the ebbs and flows, the tossing and turning, the ups and downs of life. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Eternal goals. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond 
all comparison. What is Paul talking about here? He's not talking about the same thing that we go through, guys. When Paul is writing this, the momentary light affliction isn't going to Starbucks and not getting the pumpkin spice that you wanted. Okay? That's not the light affliction. It's not going to the grocery store and they only have one lane open and a hundred people in line. Okay? That's not what he's talking about. Verse 8 and 9 lets us know. He says, We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. He's talking about being hunted and hated. He's talking about being disrespected and beaten for the sake of Jesus. But he says, hey, guess what? It's producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Verse 17. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, we walk by faith and not by sight. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Why is it when people are on their deathbed, like I said before, they're more concerned about family and friends and God than they are about money, house, and possessions? Because when it matters, those are the things that matter, right? Don't wait till death is at your door to realize what matters in life. If you're in earshot of what I'm saying, then you're hearing what matters, which is our walk of faith and those that are seated around us. Don't wait and lose what truly matters. Stop striving after things that have no value eternally. Walk by faith. Even though our walk in faith is not by sight, we're not blind. That's not what it's talking about. It's not saying walk blindly out there, brothers and sisters. We see and we feel, don't we? And we experience Jesus all the time in our life. And as we grow and as we choose Him in every bump and every bruise, in every up and every down, in every twist and every turn, He's holding our hand. And Paul says our goal is Jesus. Our destination is heaven. Now choose to walk by faith. Choose the path of faith. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember... The only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.